listener production. US stocks nobbled by much stronger than expected economic news overnight. At Aussie shares look set to end the week in a disappointing fashion following a poor night on Wall Street. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Friday the 7th of July. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, what a night it was as far as economic news was concerned in the US. That's the sort of stuff to blow your hair back, isn't it? Certainly is. We don't see any softening in the US no. labour market at the moment, Tom. Certainly a lot of concerns there for the US Federal Reserve as it tries to micromanage the jobs market. Well, in racing terms, to use the quinella of that strong jobs data and then the services data, that's really kind of just like you know fuel for the fire, isn't it? The, the services measure of the ISM, which showed you know, all those services-related sectors doing as well as they did, that's the ember at the heart of inflation, isn't it? And we did see services sector activity expand in June at its fastest pace in four months. So that was unexpected, to say the least, given what we'd seen around the rest of the world with the latest purchasing manager surveys. So if you were to just zoom out and you know think about what has happened in the last 12 months in terms of the aggression of rate hikes, particularly in the US, and to see this sort of outcome, what's your thinking? What's Jerome thinking this evening as he goes for his snifter of brandy? And um, I don't think he's, he doesn't look like a cigar smoker to me, but I'm sure he is seeking some sort of tranquilizer after the economic news today. I think that Jay Powell think that a Fed rate hike at the end of this month is 100% done. Yeah, done. um, Do we do more? That's the next question. So markets were hoping that maybe we'd only have one or two rate hikes. We we saw the dot plot, the forecasts from the most recent US Federal Reserve meeting, and that indicated two more rate hikes. But if this continues, then, of course, there may be pressure to do more. Because every time you see a piece of news as a market participant, you are adjusting things along a spectrum of risks. So the risk now is that that discussion around interest rates is far more open-ended compared to where we were a day ago where you know you could have made a case for perhaps two more and then a bit of a pause, but now there's no opportunity to do that. Well, clearly markets would have preferred an inline number for the payrolls data overnight. And what it suggests is that we may have rates higher for longer rather than a near-term peak. That's why share market investors didn't like the news. I think that's an excellent point. And that's something that always accompanies uh, stronger economic news is that forever the markets have been talking about rate cuts after we reach the peak. And this is something that they haven't really effectively calibrated is the prospect that rates are just going to go up and stay there. Absolutely. We've seen 500 basis points worth of rate hikes in the United States. Whenever you hear that. It's eye-watering stuff. And we could see conceivably up to 600 points of rate things are going. So what we did see last night was a confluence of strength in the labour market. We saw ADP employment lift by 497,000 jobs. So that's the private sector payroll survey by that payrolls company. And we saw that really shoot the lights out. That was above expectations for 225,000. Then on top of that, we saw US layoffs or retrenchments, redundancies fall to a seven-month low in June. So according to Challenger, Gray and Christmas, their reports showed 40,709 jobs were cut in June, down 49% from the previous month. Uh, I suppose the, the value of what we saw last night was all of these figures 
all pointed to strength in the job market. There wasn't anything here that was a blemish, was there? Not really, no. We did see job openings or vacancies fall to a two-year low in May, but at 9.8 million mm. remains well above their pre-pandemic levels with 1.6 vacancies for every unemployed person. So more people are quitting their jobs, a sign of confidence in the labour market, Tom. So that was the employment side of the picture, but the Institute of Supply Management and their gauge of activity in the services sector showed an unexpected rise to just short of 54, so 53.9. So for new initiates here, you know, any number above 50 when it comes to these indices indicates that the sector is growing. And the, the clip at which it grew last month is probably the, the surprising thing, Ryan. It was a strong number and what we also saw underneath the bonnet as well was that services businesses boosted employment in June. So that feeds into that labour market narrative. And we did see that really push that services activity higher. Companies reported being unable to find qualified candidates for some open positions and finally able to fill some positions that have been open for some time. So under normal circumstances, if we, for example, tonight saw a discrepancy with the non-farm payrolls figures. So the non-farm payrolls is just a fancy way of describing the unemployment report that the government issues. If that, for example, was weaker, what you would be doing as a market participant is you'd be discounting the non-farm payrolls figures and you would be looking at these figures and attaching more weight to them. So even if we do see some flies in the ointment when tonight's non-farm payrolls figures are concerned, People will sort of give these today's numbers the benefit of the doubt, won't they? Well, certainly when you look at those private sector business surveys, mm. they are indicating strength at the moment, irrespective of what the government numbers suggest tonight. So in June, the forecast is that there'll be 230,000 jobs added in the month, and the unemployment rate may dip from 3.7% to 3.6%, not far off that 50-year low mm. that we did see A few months ago, the participation rate, however, remains fairly low, 62.6%. So that has been a factor in the whole job market. We have seen people resign or retire during the pandemic, and we've seen a smaller labour force with borders closed from the restrictions from governments and and whatnot. And of course, at the same time, a big focus on wages. So average weekly earnings is expected to lift by 0.3% and ease from 4.3% to 4.2% annualised. So they'll give the Fed's some comfort, but still reasonably robust wages growth. So if if you're a domestic US economist uh, today, you're going to the whiteboard, getting the eraser and whatever number you had there before, (laughs) you're replacing it with something else, which is probably going to be a little bit uh, higher. But anyway, uh, we move on. The impact on the markets was direct. And uh, interestingly, the Europeans uh, really sold off quite aggressively, more so than the American markets, which I found interesting. But the point being is that bond markets are sold off quite aggressively. I suppose not as aggressively as you might have thought, but they have been kind of edging higher over the course of recent sessions. So they may have been sniffing the wind and um, perhaps thinking that something was coming down the pipe like this, Ryan. Uh, what we saw last night, Tom, was the 10-year US Treasury yield lift by nine basis points to 4.03%. So over that magic 4%, level. And then the two-year, the short end of the curve was a bit more subdued. We saw the sell-off there up by four basis points to 4.99%. But we did see the two-year hit 5.12% during the trading session. 
That's the highest level since June 2007, so a 16-year high. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that has implications for the yield curve <laughs> and, more broadly, borrowing costs are lifting in this environment. Indeed. So I suppose whilst we look at the final move for those interest rates and think, you know, under the circumstances, it could have been more aggressive. But what you can see with the um, price exploration, so that's what happens in the midst of these numbers. You get these tendrils that reach out to see, you know, what sort of level of price acceptance are we going to get at these higher levels? So the market is exploring the upper bound. So, you know, again, we're all about where, where does the risk lie in this situation? There's no doubt it lies to the upside where these bond deals are concerned at the moment. Well, absolutely. So interest rate futures are pricing in a 92.4% chance of a 25 basis point rate hike. And expectations for a second hike at the November meeting have also increased. That really did weigh on those rate-sensitive technology shares last night. We saw the NASDAQ down by 113 points or 0.8%. That said, we did see some of those tech shares, the likes of Microsoft and also Apple, um, they were actually up 0.9 and 0.3 respectively, but it was more the chip makers like NVIDIA, which were down and Tesla slid by 2.1%. So a little bit of a mixed outcome there. Interestingly, Ryan, Mark Zuckerberg has uh, launched threads last night. Maybe what was the reaction to that? Apparently some <laughs> concerns around stealing Twitter's users or well, I don't something. Think that, I don't think that anything's being stolen because it's a bit of a hot mess around at Twitter with uh, Elon. Got his, you know, he's got his hands on the levers. He's kind of um, uh, putting noses out of joint when it comes to advertisers and users. So the interesting thing is that in the space of seven hours, 30 million uh, users signed on to the Threads platform. So wow. at that rate, you know, Zuckerberg's ambition is to get a billion users onto that platform. Based on that calculation, it'll take about 8.3 days. Wowee. <laughs> Amazing. And um, I mean, my initial look at Threads suggests it looks exactly the same as Twitter. And the interesting thing about this, Ryan, is that what might emerge out of all of it is there could be a cage fight between Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg. Let's sit on the sidelines and watch it it's play out, It's a gift out, that keeps Tom. giving, yeah. Anyway, in terms of what we can expect today, Ryan, we are going to take a decent knock in terms of the ASX 200 at the start of trade. The futures, they haven't been participating that much in the upswing for US stocks uh, but they are certainly participating in the downside. The SPY is down by about 1.3%. Uh, it's going to be a tough day, isn't it? It is. And we saw a very mixed commodity backdrop last night. We saw the Brent oil price down by 0.2% to 76.52 US dollars a barrel. And we did see a decline in US inventories or US stocks support the oil price despite concerns around global growth and demand. The gold futures price is down 0.6% to 1915.40 US dollars an ounce. And iron ore futures surprisingly rose by 0.4% to 112.27 US dollars a tonne. Optimism around Chinese stimulus. We did see on Wednesday defaulted developer Shimao Group in China failed to find a buyer for its 1.8 billion US dollar project at a forced auction. While Sino Ocean Group saw its bonds tumble after informing some creditors it's been working with shareholders on its debt load. So there are concerns once again about defaults in the Chinese property market that then has an impact on the forecast or at least the outlook for construction oh, yeah. and residential building activity. So that has been weighing on iron ore. It has been interesting because for a long time there were very acute concerns about Chinese property. 
seemed to fade away and the market's focus on it didn't become as great. Now it seems like this is back. These are worrying signs and they uh, are worth keeping a close eye on. And in terms of our market today in company news, 5E Advanced Materials, AIC Mines and Javoy Global Ore Release Earnings Results, Fisher & Paykel Healthcare is expected to pay its dividend and another stock worth looking at is Pinnacle Investment Management. So its shares will be on watch today after the ASX 200 investment company released a market update after the market close on Thursday. So it revealed performance fees after tax of $14.6 million for financial year 2023, which is slightly down from $16.6 million a year before. So that could be a stock that moves today. And the currency space, so what's interesting, so the Aussie dollar has been hobbled by the strength of the US dollar, uh, but also you know that apparent dovish signal out of the RBA would be compounding that decline that we have seen for the Aussie dollar over the course of the last couple of days. So it's been on quite a slippery slope. It lost about a quarter of a cent overnight, so it's back to around 66 and a quarter US cents. I think we'll wrap it up there, Ryan. Uh, It's been an interesting week. Let's see what happens next week. We've got inflation to look forward to in the United States next week, Tom. Can't wait. You know, if you have some feedback for us, we're here for you. Uh, And we mean that um, hand on heart. So uh, we take your feedback very seriously. Have a lovely weekend and um, we'll speak to you on Monday. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.